0: Eric Von Crumley. And I'm Romy Reyes. Have you ever wondered how a book becomes a movie? Or how a
1: movie becomes a musical? Or how anything is adapted at all? Join us as we talk about your favorite stories and all the changes that were made along the way. But more importantly, why? This is Willing to Adapt.
0: Hi, welcome to Willing to Adapt. My name is Eric Von Crumley.
1: And I'm Romy Reyes.
0: And Romy sounds like he has a cold.
1: <clears throat> I had something in my throat at the last minute.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the best time. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, excuse me. <clears throat> it's not
0: like we're starting a podcast or, or anything right now. <laughs> Our
1: very first record.
0: <laughs> we had all that set up. <laughs> um, but I realized that you, you and I talk about different adaptations a lot. And I was like, well, maybe we should just make that the focus of the podcast.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So some of this kind of this idea can just stemmed out of uh, our every now and we'd get together and just chat at Starbucks or somewhere. And, and we, we thought, Hey, why not share our, our ideas with others? We realized that we have,
0: we have a lot of opinions and these opinions (laughs) need to be shared (laughs) apparently. (laughs) We are talking about Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. Yes. And why
1: did we pick this book, Romy? Because it's capital. It's capital? It's a capital idea. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. Yeah? Are you going to edit it out? <laughs> no! <laughs>
0: That's from the book! Oh, I mean, yes, it was...
1: It, it was, what's his name? Mr. The, the Mayor, wasn't it? Where was <laughs> at the party, he's going around... Capital, capital, I got tired of oh, hearing him
0: say that all the time. Anyway, that one, that one page... <laughs> Out of 200. i am thinking of the, of the
1: other, the movie. When we were just kind of discussing different ideas of, of different adaptations, different mediums, entertainment mediums to go through, this one I think very much came up to the forefront. I actually don't know when you last read it.
0: You know, it probably wasn't even that long ago. Okay. I, I think I, I think I read
1: it maybe a year ago. Did, did you read it? Well, I would say for high school, that's not that long ago.
0: Well, I, we really definitely wanted to pick a book or, I mean, I'm biased because I love to read and and to be fair you know most adaptations come from books yes i i think it's it's rare to find an adaptation that starts as a movie or a stage production or some other form of art or a disney ride sure yeah, <laughs> we, that we will talk about that but um so don't think we're gonna talk about just books we're gonna
1: sure. we're gonna sure. get a little um fun yes and as for, and you probably, and some people might think Jane Austen, old book, you know, I should give a spoiler warning. Who is this dead woman that we are yes, reading about? Uh, there is a spoiler war- warning. You had 200 years to read it. If It happened by now.
0: Well, to be fair, I mean, if people are going to listen to a podcast about, about <laughs> this, I, I feel like they know what they're getting themselves into. True.
1: And, and that's kind of, uh, I think I, I was thinking along the lines of something that, let's look at something that maybe not everybody has looked at. You know, I was surprised.
0: I was actually at work the other day I was talking to my supervisor because I was telling him he my supervisor keeps asking about when we're gonna start our podcast Because yeah. I've been talking about it for so long. Last
1: two years. Two yes.
0: Years. I asked him about Pride and Prejudice mm-hmm. I, I asked him. I was like, have you read Pride and Prejudice? Mm. And he's like, what's that? And I thought he was joking. Yeah, I, I just assume everybody's heard of Pride and Prejudice And I was like mm-hmm. you didn't you've never read Pride and Prejudice, you know by Jane Austen? Mm-hmm. He's like who? I'm like you're joking, right? I'm like Mr. Darcy, Elizabeth Bennet, and he's like, no, I, I don't, I don't know. And then I remembered he went to like an all boys Catholic school, and I was like, oh, they probably didn't have it on the curriculum.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. And, and no, I had the same experience. I was telling different people um, who knew about the podcast, and I would be, oh yeah, we're gonna do Pride and Prejudice, and most of the time I got blank looks. And in, I was shocked. I at first I was uh, uh, before I. I you it know, just seems like a household
0: goodness. name. That's what it seemed like.
1: You would think,
2: yes. Well, I mean... And
1: see, uh, that's the... I have an artistic family, so... Yes, yes. And see, and like, I I went to a private high school, and it was one of the books that we we did read in English lit uh, back in high school. And so in my mind, too, I also thought, oh, people read this in high school. Mm -hmm. And then I was reading... Well, we were preparing for the podcast. I was reading an article, and this woman from the 50s, you know, she graduated from college, all-women college in the 50s, and she was saying how it was kind of assumed even in the in in her social circles that Jane Austen was just something you already read yeah I, I kind of assumed that yeah and so and and she went on to talk about how it's kind of fallen out of vogue to talk about a lot of the older authors and and things have changed over the last well, I mean, there's, 50 years for her. there's a lot
0: of reasons, I'm sure. Yeah, that's why. And I don't think we have time to even go into a no, lot of no. those reasons.
1: And but, you know, and, and I think it's cool with the, the whole podcast and, and not just with this book, but with all the other ones is to look at and to uh, give you our listeners our different choices of medium or maybe, or, or to explore different mediums that you've never even heard of. Um, Because I know there's certain things you brought up when we were going through our list that I didn't even realize, oh, there's an adaptation for that. I never would have thought of that. Heck, sometimes you even brought up stuff I never even heard of.
0: Yeah, I mean, these will not all be classic literature. (laughs) Okay, well, I have a few questions Mm -hmm. that I'll ask you, and I will also answer them. When were you first exposed to Pride and Prejudice? Not When did
1: you first read it? Like When were you first exposed to it? So I I vaguely recall the black and white movie. From like... The 30s? I don't remember. But it was on like AMC or TNT that my parents watched. Where all the characters are like in their
0: 30s? Yes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Because I I think we watched it in high school after reading the book. Because the BBC... No, I'm not going to say when it came out. But let's just say it had fairly recently come out. And I don't think... They could get the vhs from from uh britain at that point or london or england at that point oh yeah so this was a while ago it was quite a while ago yes VHS. I'm, I'm betraying my age here a little i don't even have vhs tapes anymore <laughs> they are they are coming back in book
0: i don't get it i mean i do like that you, you that you can just pick up where you stopped but
1: it, it's i think it's just the novelty it's kind of like cassette tapes and, and, are... and vinyl yeah
0: i mean i like vinyl but it is definitely the novelty of it yes so
1: I, that was my first, the first time I ever heard of the of the, the, the movie, um, or the the book, I should say. I didn't know it was a book at the time, and it wasn't until high school when we were in our English lit course. And mm. that's really, even though most of the authors I had heard of, I, I do remember not really knowing who Jane Austen was at the time. And <clears throat> I remember when they, the professor, the professor, the teacher, I don't remember if we had to buy the book or how that worked, but we got each got a copy. And I remember all of the guys in in my class. We were all. Groaning, it's like ah. You were a groaner. I well, to some degree, I was not a lot. Oh, but. I was the
0: opposite. <clears throat> I was such a reader.
1: Well, in our mind, it was it was a chick
0: But I liked old literature, even isn't even in high school. I was I was I was that one odd
1: man out. I had not been exposed to old literature until high school. Prior mm. to that, I just really it was not part of my culture if you will you sure know? I mean it was not, I, I should not that's uh, sorry mom that's not true I'm sorry, my mom did buy me kidnapped Treasure Island Black Beauty so whenever she could she
0: she gave you she gave me kidnapped copies. Treasure Island black Beauty there's no. <laughs> only like one book
1: yeah, they're all three different books yeah the kidnapped so Treasure Island she black would Beauty. she would look for books but we didn't really go to there I don't remember there being a lot of bookstores and so she would look for old copies when she would go You make to, it sound like you lived in the middle of nowhere <laughs> I practically did. No, I lived I lived in the ghetto. You lived in, like, greater Los Angeles. I lived two blocks away from the ghetto. And, uh, you know, I did. I lived in, in, in... It just wasn't something like going to the library. We didn't think about going to that section. And then in, in our family, growing up, there was no real readers. Oh. And if they were readers, it was the Bible. And that was pretty much about the most they would read, sure. with maybe. And, and then, too, there wasn't a lot of bookstores. There was no Amazon. The internet was non-existent. Mm-hmm. And so it was whatever you could get your hand on. And I remember during the summer, she... She wanted me to be more of a reader than most of our, like, I guess she kind of grew up, she kind of knew of in her, in our culture. She wanted me to be a little, a lot, uh, she knew I was intellectually inclined. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) And so she would get some of these older books, but they were limited. Sure. So, So it wasn't until high school when I remember... I remember, I think we've, we've spoken of this before, and I, and I was I had shared with Eric that I hated the books in sophomore year and freshman year of high school. The That's books, when you get all the dystopian novels. Yes. And there, were, and there are books, actually, I know that we probably will end up doing on this show. So. I mean, I feel like we kind of have to. Like, Separate piece. Oh, we talked about that one. Uh, the Outsiders? Ah! I hated Great I Gatsby. Have,
0: I am so frustrated oh that gosh. you don't like The Outsiders. I love The Outsiders. They were...
1: Ugh. Yeah. Anyway, and I, I'm going to give them a chance. I'm going to reread them, and we're yeah, going to I'm watch gonna make whatever you... movies. I think you'll like them <sighs> maybe more now. I did hear if... from a scholar of Great Gasp, Gap, Gatsby. Well, I think so, from... she said she found that every time she would read it at a different period in her life, it was very it meant something different to yeah. her, and she would get not just get different stuff out of it, but she would understand it at a different level or a different way. Sure. And, and even, I'll, I'll be honest, even with Pride and Prejudice, and, and we'll get into this maybe a bit more, but in reading it, when I read it in high school, I will say, like I said before, I did gasp and I was like, ah, groaned with all the other guys in the class, uh, chick lit book. And I remember when we were done with the book, I confided in, in one of the, the gals in our class, my class, who consequently I kind of had a crush on, but um, I, I confided in her that I really enjoyed it. And I just remember it being, I had enjoyed some of the other lit that we had already read in American lit, and then this was English lit, but this one, it was just different. And now fast forward however many decades it is to now, and not only did I re-enjoy it, is that a word? I enjoyed it for a second time. I mean, if
0: YOLO's in the dictionary.
1: (laughs) True. And so I enjoyed it, you know, I re-enjoyed the book, and... The difference this time around was I had a lot of life experience where I sat back, or as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I understand that so much more. Sure. You know, or that person is me, or that person is so much me, or that person is so much that other person I know, or whatnot. And even the cultural and class thing, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I, I'm kind of joking and saying I grew up in the, in the ghetto. I actually grew up uh, two miles no, sorry, two blocks away from El Mani, but we're on the north side, so it's not well, as bad. Well, what is it, two blocks or two miles? Um, it's so that's Two, a big two difference. blocks, yeah, no, it is two blocks. And El Mani is, is a uh, predominantly Hispanic, I am Hispanic. That's the best thing about a podcast. We could be anything. Uh, true. I don't know, and I, and I haven't, I kind of talked to a couple people about this, but in the Hispanic culture, there are certain things that are still true as they were in this book 200 years ago. Sure. When it comes to class, when it comes to marriage, things like that. Well, they're
0: very long-lasting
1: yes. and and so it meant a whole lot more now at the age of whatever i am now versus i was wondering if you were going to 17 or 18 or 16 or whatever i was no i'm not going to maybe you're just a little bit
0: older than me just a bit i think it's kind of like you read you can read something at different points in your life and you get different things out of it maybe you fall out of love for it or maybe you fall into love with it maybe you appreciate it in a different way it's kind of like how you might enjoy some eating something as a kid and you might not enjoy eating it later or vice versa. You know, it, it's you're at a different point in your life. You're mentally growing, hopefully. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I like that. And I think that's why a lot of books like this offer things to people of different ages. And so you can get different things out of it. And that, that's part of the reason why I think it's a classic. Yes. I think classics, they provide something that is enduring yes yeah well for me i was exposed to this at a young age i was i was kind of just vaguely aware that jane austen was a person and that she had written a bunch of literature for women and and it was old but i loved to read when i was young i i was terrible at reading and then i i i I guess i had a lot of issues with reading and i had a lot of help for it when i was like in second grade And I didn't realize that how bad I was until my mother had told me when I was older, but I basically went in second grade from reading at a kindergarten level to reading at like a fifth grade reading level. Wow. Because I just got so much help. And And then once I got better at it, I just fell in love with it. And I think in part because I was so bad at it before. Okay. But, you know, by eighth grade, I was reading at like a 12th grade reading level. I mean, it didn't mean I wasn't lazy. Yeah. I was still very lazy, but... (laughs) <laughs> but I was reading at a very high reading level. And so going into high school, I was aware of the book existing. And I knew that it was a book that we were going to be required to read in high school. Mm-hmm. But I didn't read it until my senior year of high school. It was definitely one of those books I was looking forward to. And mm-hmm. I had no reason to look forward to it except that I was friends with a lot of older kids when I was in high school. Okay, So like as a freshman, I was friends with a lot of the seniors and juniors. Yeah, And so I knew what they were reading. And Mm. so once I got there, I was like, well, I know what I'm reading, I'm ready. And Jane Austen was definitely one of those authors that, whereas maybe half the class was bored to tears, I actually was at the edge (laughs) of my seat and I was definitely a little bit of a teacher's pet that year. But it was
1: also senior year, so I had nothing to do that year. I, I I don't remember anyone in my class ever not liking it because I I, I want to say even the other guys in the class ended up liking the book. I don't think they gave it a chance. I think that's what it was in the beginning. So it was it was one of those things where I was like, oh, it's it's a it's a romance book, and yeah. and as I've learned, it's not even it's not a romance. It's
0: book. not even a tough read. I mean, there are some no. words in there that you might have to look up, but it's not a hard read. It's not like you're reading Shakespeare.
1: Yes, and I, and I I do recommend if you would like some information on the words the penguin classic edition actually had a lot of the definitions of some of the more archaic words in the back for the most part it was i mean it's not like we
0: don't have the internet on our phones
1: true but this made it so much easier
0: i'm just that nerdy that i have the dictionary app on my phone and i am just ready to use it
1: see no i have my oxford english dictionary the Oxford, not even the webster No, no, I go to the classic, and whenever I need a a dictionary, that's the one I go to, I pull it out. So all the U's and the words? Exactly. No, I'm just kidding, I don't have that yet, though I do want it. It's on my Christmas wish list. I didn't
0: realize the difference between Oxford and Webster Dictionary for a very long time, and I had an Oxford Dictionary, Mm -hmm. and I was writing with the U's and things, and then Um, I had a teacher once tell me that I wasn't supposed to use the U's, and I was like, oh really like what's wrong if i use them and he's like well you'll probably come off pompous i was like uh, oh okay or, or then." i was like I, I i guess i won't use the u anymore <laughs> in honor and color
1: <laughs> no, i did the same thing with the l's canceled oh i would do double l on canceled oh interesting and my boss one of my bosses where i worked at at the time it annoyed it. She got finally a little tired of that, and and my she put was, it into actually it. was a second level boss, and so my direct boss <clears throat> came to me and said, "Go through your reports and please take out the double L canceled." She's like, He's <laughs> like, "I know it's correct, it's British spelling, but," and I'm like, "Okay." It's a personal choice. For it your is. Boss. I'm like, I don't mind. I, I I, and and it's funny because today I or yesterday I wrote canceled in a report at work, and it, I put one L in it. You know, I mean, I I, I do that now, mm-hmm. and it still is wrong. Oh, me. I thought you said you I thought you were going to say no. your computer said it was wrong. No, like, I put 1L and, and that's, the, that's the American way. And yet in my in my head I'm thinking I'm like trying to think of how to spell it now. C A N C E L E D.
0: Great. <laughs> so I don't know cancel. Cancel culture.
1: <laughs> None of that here.
0: So I don't know if you looked up anything about Jane Austen, but I did. <laughs>
1: I you know what, I didn't look her up anything up in particular, but I, I you know I'm curious to curious to hear what you what you, you, you have. But I, I did learn some interesting things in regards to her past. I know a, a brief biological biological biographical sketch. What do you know about her biologically? <laughs> I meant biographical. She was a woman. <laughs> and a little bit of analysis of her, but nothing major.
0: Yeah. So I'm gonna go into this. If we have not already said it, we are not experts. I do not intend to make this an in-depth analysis of anything, but I am very interested in researching this stuff and I do want to come to the table with at least the basic understanding. Yes. So this is Jane Austen in a nutshell. She was born in December 16th, 1775 in, I believe this was supposed to be a T and I did not put the dash, so I'm going to put Steventon, Hampshire. England.
1: (laughs) Stephen Venture.
0: No, no, because it's two different words. But she was from England, that's all that matters.
1: She was from the Shire, with the hobbits
0: Yes, yes, that was historically accurate, yes. Yes. She was born in 1775, and she died July 18th, 1817. Her neighbor was Gandalf. (laughs) You're gonna confuse people. (laughs) So she was very young when she died, which is a little sad. Most of her books were published posthumously by her brother, I believe
1: two of them were.
0: At least two. I think maybe Northanger Abbey. And then Persuasion were. Yes. But what I find very interesting about her is a lot of times you read classic literature authors and or just artists in general and they were like quote-unquote unappreciated in their time, Mm -hmm. she was very popular. Yes, yes. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, mind you, she was anonymous.
2: Mm -hmm. So,
0: well, almost everyone didn't know she was the author of her books. While she, her first book that she wrote was Sense and Sensibility, Mm -hmm. and it was very popular. And so when she came out with Pride and Prejudice, it said, by the author of Sense and Sensibility...
1: Yeah, I, I did see that. Yeah, because
0: yeah. I think I think when she wrote *Sense and Sensibility*, inside it just says "by a lady" or something like that. It's nondescript. Wait, yes, she was widely popular. Her 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 books during her time, and and this is because, and 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 I think this is in part why the books are still popular. She she portrays ordinary people in everyday life. During her time, many popular books were very melodramatic or they were just overly romanticized and and i think people in her time really appreciated that her books they they weren't over the top like they were what you would expect in life for the time period so in a way like when you read her books you are kind of getting a glimpse into what life was like it's not women swooning and stuff like you you, you get the ups and the downs of these characters, and you get the pitfalls and the the good things of that they bring to the table. Yes, like it's not this exaggerated life; it's it was real, mm-hmm. and and so a lot of people picked it up and were all over it. Mm-hmm. She was born into a large middle class family. She was
1: the seventh child of eight children. Yes, I knew that. Okay, I mean that's so random. I mean, the no, I know. No, as I read that too in the biographical sketch. I just remember two of her brothers were naval office. officers, became naval officers, didn't one go into the clergy, and then it was her and her sister Catherine. I mean,
0: I mean, for people of that time, it was join the military, join the join the clergy, become a lawyer, or just be a gentleman.
1: That's five siblings. I don't know what happened to the other three.
0: Well, I mean, I think I, one was at least another girl, I think, so.
1: No, there was her and Catherine. I, I only remember that because of Lady Catherine from the book.
0: Yes. I love that this is bothering you.
1: I, yeah, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to let it go. <laughs> I could look it up. Where's my phone? Go ahead, go ahead with your...
0: So she was born into this very large family, and her family encouraged the love of learning in her. And I'm assuming the rest of her children, that would suck if it was just her. So many of her life circumstances ended up finding their way into her books. So she, like I said, she wrote anonymously, but after her death, her identity was made known. And so this was interesting, because I think I knew this, but I it really sunk in with this time when I looked it up. In, in 1797... Austin completed her first version of Pride and Prejudice, and it was then called First Impressions. Yes. And I knew that. I knew it had a different name originally. But it wasn't published. Like, it wasn't picked up. And I guess nobody wanted it yet. It was only after the publication of her book Sense and Sensibilities Sensibilities, that she finalized Pride and Prejudice. Mm -hmm. And then she finally published it in 1813. Okay, That's a long time. Yeah. And I'm not going to do the math, but that's a long time. And I think that, that's all I have about Jane Austen, but I, I think I really... And that'll come into play later on, because we're going to talk about two different adaptations today. One of them being the 1995 BBC adaptation, which is just spectacular. That's and then right. the other, the other right. one is the 2005 Kieran Knightley version, which is widely popular as well. And so that information about Jane Austen actually comes into play later on in that the novel itself its main theme is love and marriage but i and some people also argue that to a lesser degree a theme is manners (laughs) i
1: thought the theme was pride
0: and prejudice Prejudice. (laughs) i mean yes it is Um, it's
1: interesting you say that whole thing about manners because one of the things i did come across is that i was reading an an article about a scholar of Jane Austen. So, it, and they were writing about—I it. Was, I think it was a book review or something—and they were talking about how one of the the author, the scholar, their pet peeves is that when people read Jane Austen today, they get soaked up on it as a romance novel. And right. as a scholar, she's like, "It's it's not a romance novel, you know. In fact, it's not even a, a rom- it's not even in the romantic romanticism." Uh, er- oh no it's
0: the opposite of romanticism
1: yes and and they say that it doesn't actually fit one scholar I read said it doesn't actually here we I said we were going to go into all scholarly and critical no I think we're allowed to, to yeah go well, we can we can brush the stuff as long as we're not get teachers too or anything but he was saying it doesn't fit into the People standard. He called it a co- one of two things. It was like a cottage. Oh, I wrote it down. Cottage over. core. <laughs> no, but it was like a cottage. A cottage. I know what you're saying. Novel or something like yes. that. It's a, it's a type of genre from from that time. There's too many. And then the other one was a comedy of manners. Yes. Yeah. And, yes. and so I would agree definitely on the on the manners yeah. part. Well, and what I like
0: about it, and what I really get out of her books, is she she really showcases. People at their best and their worst. And she doesn't really pick a side based off of caste. Like, she doesn't say that because someone is of an upper class, they're better people.
1: Oh, caste as in? Yes. With an E, not as a, Yes. Yes, okay.
0: So, like, there are characters, like, we'll see later in the book, who are of the upper class, but their manners are terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you.
0: And, and so, like, even in her other books, and even still in Pride and Prejudice, you see these characters either holding true to their values or their morals, even in conflict with other people. And so sometimes in adaptation, some of that is gone, but I personally really get a lot out of that. I like Mm -hmm. to see these characters holding true to their morals and their values and and just maintaining these great characters, even though other people around them may be pushing back on them so
1: hard. Yes, and I, and I, I think that's what has made it timeless is that, and especially in our contemporary era, it's, we live in a, I mean, everyone, I think most of us have at one point or another, you've heard how <clears throat> our contemporary era is, era is, we lack in morals, we lack in Civility and all sorts of things, and we see that on a every time places. period has said that too. Yes, but I think it's it's of course it's only relevant for yeah. the period that you're living yeah. in.
0: And just because everybody's experienced it, it doesn't mean it's not accurate. True,
1: and and I, I think that's to varying degrees though. I, I would argue that we are at a place where we are a little bit less moral than we were before because we're in a post modernist era, and in a very deconstructive, you know, where more there is no moral foundations anymore, and so what I really, I, I've read this of numerous times in different places is that one of the things that draws people to Jane Austen and works like hers is that she outlines an era where there was morals. And she's not too black and white about it. You know, it, it's... No, and she's
0: not condemning. No,
1: and, and I think that's one thing I really love about her writing, which to me is what sets her apart and why she is not a romantic writer. She's not a, or a, a writer of romance. Is that she's really a writer of the human of human nature that's what she's looking at how do we as people and i think that there is a timelessness to, to her characters a timelessness that transcends that era i think if you get caught up in the the trappings of the caste system as you said or land and women's rights and things like that you miss out we we don't get to see the human nature aspect of right. it the family the love the relationships and all that
0: Yeah, it it transcends its time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's important to read it in the context of its time, but that's why you, you can... Like, you get Bridget Jones's Diary, which we're not talking about today, but that is basically the story set in a modern time. Yes. So, before I move too much more to talk about the novel, I think we should go over the synopsis. Okay. So, ordinarily, I would probably come up with a very quick synopsis, but because there's so much happening in this one... That if I miss something, it's it'll be too difficult to talk about it in the adaptations later. If if I miss anything, so I'm just gonna okay. read this this synopsis real quick. So uh, the novel opens with one of the most famous lines in English literature. It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must be in want of a wife. This statement seemingly what Mrs. Bennet thinks as she sets her sights on the newly arrived Bingley, who she is sure will make a suitable husband for one of her daughters. At a ball, Bingley takes an immediate interest in the beautiful and shy Jane, her eldest. The encounter between his friend Darcy and Elizabeth is not so great. What happens is Jane goes to visit the Bingley's and she gets sick, and so Elizabeth goes to look after her and then that's when Elizabeth and Darcy start to get to know each other better and Bingley's sisters quickly decide that they do not like the Bennetts. As they get to know the Bennet family more and more, they realize that they are very rude and that they are loud and they have very little manners. Soon after this, their cousin Mr. Collins arrives. And in the story it's important to know that because Mr. Bennett does not have any sons, Mm -hmm. all of his estate and everything will not go to his daughters Mm -hmm. during this time. It will go to the next male relative, which is his younger cousin, Mr. Collins. Mm Entailment. Right, yes. Yes. It's a very important plot point. I learned that word in the book. In the book in the back. So Mr. Collins arrives and he's hoping to marry one of the Bennett sisters and he Originally once Jane and Mrs. Bennett's like, yeah, she's pretty much taken. So he goes after Elizabeth. But
1: I like how he, he flips. Very so quickly, quickly. Very quickly. Like, I like her. What? She's taken? I like her. So well, she TikTok can do it too. Yeah, I mean it's Yeah, it says a lot automatically. Yes. But Elizabeth
0: is not into into him at all. And he's not very great, so it makes sense. He is very awkward and uh, I just could not imagine being around him very long, so yeah, it was did. probably a good move. But what happens is Mr. Collins ends up becoming engaged to Elizabeth's good friend Charlotte, mm-hmm. who is much older and and when I say much older, she's said to be 27. But for this time she was basically an old maid. Yes. Um originally. yes. But so that's and so that's Charlotte true. basically kind of leapt at the opportunity to get married. Mm-hmm and so during this time elizabeth encounters the charming mr wickham who was a part of the militia in town they both are very much into each other and he informs her that darcy actually at one point had denied him his inheritance and that mr wickham had grown up with mr darcy and miss and elizabeth's very quick to to go along with all this because she does not like mr darcy yes so after bingley abruptly departs for London after holding a ball for everybody in town where the Bennet family kind of make fools of themselves, to say the least. Elizabeth's dislike of Darcy becomes something pretty extreme, and she is convinced that he's discouraging Bingley's relationship with Jane, along with Mr. Bingley's sisters as well. So, Mr. Darcy, however, has grown increasingly fond of Elizabeth and he starts to admire her intelligence, and her beauty, and her love of life, etc. And so when Elizabeth goes to visit her now married friend Charlotte with Mr. Collins, Elizabeth sees Darcy while they're visiting his aunt, who is the patron of Mr. Collins. See, there's just so much to this story. It's so hard to give a brief synopsis. I know. So Elizabeth gets offered her uh, to marry Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm which to her, I guess, would be just shocking. She turns him down, of course, because she hates him, but she tells him why she doesn't like him. He basically admits that he is part of the reason why Jane and and Bingley are not together. He explains all the issues with her family, and he also says that he thought that Jane didn't really like Bingley as much as he liked her. And then when Elizabeth talks to him about how he basically did wrong by Mr. Wickham, for lack of better words. Yeah, He ends up writing a letter explaining that Mr. Wickham actually is the one at fault. That Mr. Wickham was kind of a wild kid growing up and even though Mr. Darcy's father liked him when he died, Mr. Wickham didn't want the inheritance. He didn't want to go into the clergy that was led ahead of him. He wanted just the money. And so when Mr. Darcy went to go give this to him, eventually he found out that Mr. Wickham was going after Mr. Darcy's younger sister. And so at the very last minute, Mr. Darcy was able to save his sister from Mr. Wickham, and he had not seen Wickham since. So Elizabeth quickly learns that through other people, that this account was actually true, and that Wickham had been lying to her this whole time. And that the only reason why Wickham was in the military is because he had lost all his money like in debt. So shortly after this, unfortunately, while on a trip where Elizabeth actually gets to go to Mr. Darcy's home with her aunt and her uncle, she learns that her youngest sister, Lydia, actually eloped with Wickham and she runs off to go home and her mom's in tears and her dad went with her uncle to try and find her try to find Lydia. Well, actually
1: just, sorry, just a quick correction she didn't she didn't she didn't elope. You're right, she yeah, did. Yeah, that made it even worse. Yeah, she...
0: this synopsis was wrong.
1: It was a moral error. Moral error.
0: Well, even today it would be kind of shocking, I guess. She or ran off with Mr. 14. Wickham... How old was she? 15? She was, mean? I think, 15. Yeah. That yeah. Would be... Well, back then, you know, you got married young, but... Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. But... but, so yeah, she ran off with him, and they're not married. Mm-hmm. What happens is they learned through their uncle that they were able to, they found them and they were able to convince them to get married and that they're gonna come and visit them. A bunch of people tell them, like Mr. Collins, that they shouldn't receive them because it's shocking. But nonetheless, they come and then they learn, Elizabeth learns by accident from Lydia that Mr. Darcy's actually the one that found them and that he's the one that gave Wickham money and helped them to get a job and to get married. And it was supposed to be a secret. And so Elizabeth goes she talks to her aunt she finds out it's true and then very very quickly Darcy comes and he tries with Mr. Bingley to get Jane and Mr. Bingley together again and so pretty soon a proposal is given and Jane accepts and then Elizabeth talks with Darcy and very very long story short involving Mr. Darcy's aunt coming and thinking that Darcy and Elizabeth were engaged when they weren't, news spreads to Darcy that Elizabeth would not agree to never marrying Darcy. That basically she's saying that if she could, she probably would. So what happens is Mr. Darcy realizes there actually is hope, Mm -hmm. and that if he was to propose to Elizabeth, that she probably would accept. And so he does, and she does, and... (laughs) Basically, the the what I actually forgot about this in the novel. In the novel, it actually gives you some aftermath. It says what a bunch of the characters end up doing after the novel. Yes, which I, I thought was pretty interesting. That. that was a good chapter.
1: Yeah, and I can find that one. Right and you now, don't really yeah. find
0: that in the adaptations.
1: No, the adaptations both end very, like we said, differently. They
0: they basically end with them getting married.
1: One ends with the marriage,
0: and the other one technically they're, ends with the marriage but like they're married the already. Honeymoon.
1: yeah and they're at the steps of pemberley Estate yes. or something like that yes i think i feel like they just needed to did the, did the bbc one have a, a kiss at the end
0: yeah i think it ended with them in the carriage
1: okay yeah. and then and i feel like each of them had to end with a kiss
2: <laughs> yeah that's
0: hollywood right i mean yeah. i mean even with bbc it's 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 entertainment oh bbc there's just so much crammed into this. The one thing I really liked about this novel is that she does so much in so short
1: a book. Short, three hundred and it's not three hundred pages. Yes, it is. My version's not that my long. My version, Mine's which is like authorized because it was a redo of the first version. It didn't go off the Chapman edition. Well, my book is I bigger, so
0: my pages are are longer. So let's see. But either way, this felt like it could have been a lot longer. You know, I think for what it does like because she's interweaving so many things like mm-hmm. there's there's there are a bunch of characters but you follow them you know like you don't get lost in the characters
1: what are you laughing at sorry
0: I, I think there's just there's just so much happening like she's doing so much and and it's just hard to explain it all in just a brief synopsis I'm reading a novel
1: right now good novel you know it's nothing 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 I don't think it's been made into a movie or anything like that. I think like you can that, tell us it's what it is it's not I'm a trying to remember the name no I know it's by Brad Thor I just don't remember the name of you're it.
0: you're reading a book you don't remember the title
1: yeah, because I know it's the first one in the series, and I just picked that up, picked it up and started reading it. And I think a lot of readers, a lot of writers today, write a little, a little bit more simplistic. Oh, for sure. Yes, because I remember I, I'm one of my least favorite authors, who I don't think we will ever do an adaptation. One, and maybe we will. Who knows? Who is it? Dan Brown. Oh, that's I funny. Hate Dan Brown. Now I feel like we have to, because you said you hate I know. it. I even though. And I did read this somewhere where someone said that she she writes to her audience with the understanding that they understand their times. And so she doesn't get bogged down on telling you. Like you see this in some of the other authors it's, previously. It's not yes. speaking down to you. Yes. And she's also not reiterating what's going on in history around her. Like I've seen that in some of the right. other authors of the time where they're telling you about what's going on. In but even if you don't
0: Europe. know the context and stuff, the story still holds up very well.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It just, I feel like knowing the context, knowing the culture, the history, everything, it's just like, it's the icing on the cake.
1: It is. But it, but I think it, it it speaks a lot to her writing that you don't no, need yeah, to know No, yeah, for sure. That, no, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's not depending on Mm-mm. it.
1: One of the things I
0: could not get over when I was rereading it this time, because mm-hmm. probably maybe, I want to say it's the fourth time reading this, but it's probably just the third. This time reading, I could not get over how often one character or another would just mention what would happen later in the story. Either in a joke or in seriousness. Like, one of the characters at one oh, point or another... like foreshadowing? Yes.
1: Yes, you know what? I actually... I'm not going to find them right now, but I, whenever I came across that, yes. I'm like, oh, foreshadow. I, I never realized foreshadow. how often that happened. Is that an irony. Well, yes. For sure.
0: But I was just... I was laughing because I was reading this, and I was like... I was, I was looking at these characters, and one of them would, would say... Oh, well, you know, they're just gonna, she's gonna run off with someone one of these days. And then, and then she won't she did. <laughs> or if you, or she, or if you know, some Elizabeth's talking to Jane, or you no, know, Charlotte was talking to, to Elizabeth about Jane, and she said, if Jane doesn't act more interested in Mr. Bingley, like he may not realize that she's in love with him. Mm. And that's what happens. Yeah. And like, there's so many times that happened, and I never realized it. Like, she kind of just spells it out, but it's not
1: obvious. Yeah, and the only reason I think we probably like I, cause I you not know, even asked. We did so well, so you read it a long time, right? And then this time around, did you read it first and then watch the adaptations Yes. Okay. See, I did it in did the opposite. reverse. I did it in the reverse. So I watched the kira Knightley movie first, just because it was quick and easy to get through, and I was sure. eating dinner. Um, and then I watched, and then I actually started the first maybe four or five chapters, and then I watched the BBC version in like <laughs> two days how did you do it in two days oh my gosh I sat down and watched three episodes one day and three episodes the next
0: if nobody has ever watched the BBC adaptation these episodes are like at least an hour long each they are 55 minutes each yes Yes, I
1: know because I I remember and there's six episodes They were and I remember each episode begins like an episode of Murder She Wrote. I, every time I was waiting for I love for, Murder uh, She Wrote. For, Murder for, She Wrote. What's the her best. name? Jessica Fletcher to be on her typewriter at the do, end. Do 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 do, 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 <laughs> do, 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 do.
0: <laughs> So Murder but, She Wrote's one of my go-to's when I want to just mindlessly watch something. And I
1: think because of that, I was able to pick up the foreshadowing because I knew what was.
0: Well, once you've read it, you know you're familiar with it, or watched
1: it. In this case, yeah, I was able to be like, oh, yes, yeah.
0: But I couldn't get over that. It, it made me so happy to see that. But like one, of the different, one of the things I thought was cool, I, I looked this up. This is not me. I found this somewhere online. Jane Austen, in her book, she focuses on different ways that love presents itself. And I actually didn't realize this, but once she said it, I was like, oh, that's obvious. Why did I not see this? She shows love at first sight, which is Bingley and Jane. She shows love that grows, which is Darcy and Elizabeth. She shows infatuation that fades, and that's with Lydia and Wickham. And then she shows faded infatuation, which is
1: Mr. and Mrs. Bingley. Mr. and Mrs. Bennett.
0: Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: I was gonna say. You're
0: right. The Bennets. The Bennets. Yes. I told you the bees. Yes. So the novel itself, it argues that love based on genuine compatibility is the ideal. And and you know, I, I like I thought it was it was interesting. I
1: I thought with a little money on the side, of course.
0: Yes. <laughs> and so there's that cliche that you know, who's Pride and who's Prejudice in this? And... I think it's obvious in the,
1: in the well, book. Well, once you've read it... No, it, it, well, as I was reading it, I'm like, it's blatantly obvious. Well, they say it in the book. They do, they do. But even before I got to that point, I think I probably I got it from the adaptation. Yeah. So well, then who's who? Tell me. Well, Pride is Bingley, uh, Bingley sorry, is Darcy and Prejudice is uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, you're right. In fact, I would write down whenever she would make an assumption. Uh, so or... many times. Yes, she made... Yes, I was like... <sighs> it annoyed me. Right.
0: So I I have notes about the book that I want to go through quick before we move on to the adaptation. But did you have any notes about the book that you wanted to go through?
1: I have a... Oh, the book. Yeah, the book. You know what? No, I think I'm okay. I I did have a bunch of notes, but I I think what I focused on was more the humor. I really... There were a couple things that stuck out to me. One was... um, Oh, my gosh. Mr. Bennett's humor. But it's interesting because one thing I came to... I walked away with is that his humor was also... I think Austin points his humor humor out as not being the best type of humor. No, yeah, no, I know, I, I, I agree. I loved his humor, and you can also no, see I mean, it, in it's, it. He has a biting humor. He does, and a lot of it is just because kind of my life sucks, or is my life is so bad, I have to laugh because that's all I have left.
0: Well, and he mm-hmm. likes to play games with Missus Bennett and the girls. And yeah, he likes to kind of like lead them, to like lead them on, basically, mm-hmm. and he's kind of sarcastic.
1: No, no, that's essentially, and I, I, I really liked how she. She just portrayed the different types of humor. And then in some of the articles I was reading about her letters, Uh because I guess some book of her letters, uh, like the the, all of her stuff has been released or something to that effect. Uh, I mean, everything's released now. Yeah, but there was there was someone. I guess what happened was someone recently put out a book of all her letters versus an edited version, which had only some of them and honestly they say that the letters were really boring there was not much in them but the one thing that they did walk away from was her humor jane austen's humor was let's just say there was a lot of her i i appreciated it because it reminded me of how my daughter and i are with each other there's times when we'll we'll make jokes with each other and then we'll we'll afterwards uh, agree that that's a joke that has to stay between us because most of society and our family would frown highly upon it. But for us, it was funny. You know, And it's sometimes dark humor. I love dark humor. Uh, yeah, I do, we do too. But it also was how, how Jane Austen herself put her own way of looking at the world into the character. The thing I read from one of the authors, though, was that Elizabeth was a better version of even who Jane Austen was. You know, Jane Austen was a little bit more like the dad. Kind of like
0: a glorified Jane Austen. It, it was kind of...
1: It, it, she even says that it's 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 the character that, that she doesn't know how anybody could not love Elizabeth. you know. And, 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 and I
0: think it's true. Like, I don't think I've ever met anybody who dislikes Elizabeth.
1: Yes, I haven't. No, I mean, for me, I'll be honest, it's, it's kind of like, that's what I wanted. Uh, <laughs> I would like a wife similar to that to some degree, you know. <laughs> um, someone who can, because I love the ending of the book when they're talking about where the sister, Georgiana, Darcy's sister, yes. is seeing how they're back and forth in the way they talk. And it throws her back, and she's like, not sure how you know anyone could oh, talk to her oh, brother like yes. that. Or and then Elizabeth says over time, Elizabeth Potter, that epilogue. that what can the way a man and a woman can a husband and wife can be is very different than how uh, a brother and a sister could be ten years apart are can be. Yeah, yeah uh, regarding civility and the way you treat each other.
0: So there's a, a couple of things about Elizabeth I wanted to say, and then I'm kind of done with the book. We can move on to one of the adaptations after that if you mm-hmm. want. Sure. So. One of the things that I, I found that I really, I really liked about Elizabeth was Elizabeth is completely capable of being polite like within society, but she's able to like hold strong to her opinions in private. She doesn't yes. have to vocalize her opinions. She's able to be polite to people she disagrees with. She's able to get along with people she doesn't like.
2: And uh, you know what and I... yet
0: she can go like in private and and talk to someone in private about it sure, you know? I see a lot of myself in Elizabeth and and in, and not only just because I I see certain attributes of myself in her y- you can have your opinions and your values and stuff but even though you disagree with someone like you're able to love them and you can get along with them and and get through the day you know
2: yeah
1: no i agree like
0: we live in a world where it's like if you disagree with someone start yelling at them yes and yes and to an extent like kind of happens in pride and prejudice a little bit especially (laughs) with certain characters like darcy's aunt yep she's very controlling
1: (laughs) she canceled elizabeth all right
0: (laughs) but i liked elizabeth so much because she can hold true to herself and like she does vocalize her opinions like when it's called upon yeah but she doesn't like assert them. Like she doesn't demand people agree with her, and I I like that. I I, I get a lot out of that because because I'm that way. Mm, okay. Because not everybody's gonna agree with me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and even though I may think someone is completely wrong, like I am not gonna force them to change. Like I can't make them. Like I might try to help them maybe, but I, you know, I I know I liked it a lot about her.
1: No. I yeah. No. I agree. I I think for me it was it was I saw a mix of the two in me.
0: Darcy and Elizabeth. And Elizabeth, because I. Oh, I mean, I. When I was younger, I was definitely Darcy.
1: <laughs> no, me too. Very much in my twenties, I was. I was thinking like. I was thinking high school. <laughs> okay, for me it was very much my twenties. That's when I, I remember, and, and and I really resonated with him in regards to the social awkwardness, like when he's like, I just don't do well with strangers, you know, and I'm like, yep, oh, yeah. I get that. And I think that's that's also interesting because. I, I do now. I, yeah, that's interesting, I though, it. because I think you're you're pulling that from the adaptation. That wording, I am. Yes. Yes, I am pulling the wording, but I. I we'll get to that. We will. But I it, have notes <laughs> in regards to the uh, no, no. But in the book, because even in the book, when he's talking about later on, yeah, he he does mention that when he doesn't
0: know people, he he has trouble interacting with them. Yes. But we'll talk about that.
1: Like many. Who go through that era <laughs> you know I, I was very I knew everything and you thought you did I thought I did I did you know and it wasn't until really the end of my 20s especially the early 30s when I realized you know crap I didn't know nothing but I when he w- made that comment about it was it was early in the book and I'm not going to look for it but he said something about oh is this when she goes to check on Jane yes Lusick? and he makes the comment about how he eventually he I think to paraphrase it he says I'm the smart when I'm the smartest one in the room or when I you oh. know everything you know it's easy to be prideful something like he I'm is, really he is a little elitist it. at times yes he is and and I'm like oh, I, I thought back to but my that was
0: age. what was good about well, that's what I liked about the book mm-hmm. because in the book it does show him overcoming like his elitist attitude
1: oh yes yes definitely and I, and he did it through love
0: because yeah. well when he first starts falling for Elizabeth he basically tells her. It's against my better judgment, but I do love you.
1: <laughs> and, I, and I so resonated with his honesty as an intellectual. Um, yeah. well, what I liked about him is, and this is why the
0: book isn't a romance novel, mm-hmm. even though you could make it one if you chose to. Yeah. But like, neither of them really pursue each other after she rejects his marriage proposal. Like, He does things to help her, and he does care about her deeply.
1: And that's where the book, I think, is a lot... I like the book better is because it goes through their what's going on in their heads and why especially in the latter chapters when they explain you know well, why didn't you talk to me at dinner right well why didn't you talk to me during, you know and they're explaining how they felt and stuff
0: right and and it really isn't until like
1: and I think I like
0: that a lot because he starts to care for her and resigns himself to being like her friend essentially yes and it's not until his Darcy's aunt confronts Elizabeth because she thinks that Elizabeth and Darcy are engaged. And then she learns that Elizabeth, who's being a little spiteful, mm-hmm. that Elizabeth would not refuse to marry Darcy, that Darcy realizes, I have a chance. Yeah. And then he ends up going, and not even right away. Like, he doesn't run to her and propose. Like, mm-hmm. it's not this big romantic gesture. Like, he's it, it slowly develops into, like, from a relationship into, I want to marry you. Yeah. And I, I like it because it, it feels real. Yes, yeah. Like, it's not someone on a white horse coming after you or someone leaving behind her whole family to join someone. I don't, you know, it's it's not this over-romanticized thing.
1: And it, in the book, it's a lot, uh, I like the way it's laid out better. Because I, actually, I did, maybe did I miss this in the adaptations? But I didn't realize that that's when he changed his mind, is when he talked to his aunt.
0: When he change his mind.
1: About how well, not changing his mind sorry that's when he realized that there's still a chance with elizabeth yeah it's it's really
0: brushed aside in the Kira knightley version like yes. it's so quick that he mentions it he does talk about it a little bit in the bbc adaptation okay, but
1: watching three hours and at one yes, time i might have yes it.
0: That i spaced those episodes out <laughs> <laughs> yeah last thing i have to say is in line with what i had said before Elizabeth, she finds her strength from within. She's she's not mm-hmm. taken in by what everyone else thinks is important.
1: Yes, yes. And
0: I think that's why a lot of women today really like her. Mhm. And she, she just has these high values that are she always tries to hold herself to. And Jane's the same way. And she tries to live by them even when others don't. Mhm. And sometimes even thinking independently of her friends and her family. Yes. But she rarely openly judges them. Mhm. Like she knows that they don't think the way that she does, and, and and they will do things that she hates, but she still loves them, and she's not really going to judge them for it. Mm-hmm. And like she does want change, like she does try to keep her family protected, and she like yeah. she does go to her father and say, hey. My younger sisters are acting crazy and they're going to get into trouble if you don't do something about it in a nice way, kind yeah. of. Yeah. But, like, she does, she's not oblivious. Like, she does mm. try to take steps to help them, but she never really judges them. And I think that's what I like about her.
1: And it's not until the end of the book when she's finally, and I, I love, I think it's more laid out with Jane where they end up leaving. Whatever the name of that that estate was, because they could they could they couldn't handle. Oh, Mr. Bingley couldn't yes, handle being a her family. Yes,
0: when the when Jane and Mr. Bingley move further away because
1: and, they... and that's the <laughs> other thing is I, I, I came across someone who criticized Jane Austen as being too Cinderella ish, and I, I I would disagree. I would say especially when you read that that afterward chapter, right? It's like she doesn't just brush it away. It's like yeah, the main character, yeah, and it's not like she
0: abandons her family. No, and,
1: and she acknowledges
0: that, and they that weren't abusive.
1: But the, it was, she acknowledges that she they, they worked they worked through it. Right. You know, even with Lydia and Wickham, they worked through yeah. it, and they were still born in the side. But yeah. But they, 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 you know, and I they think They made that's, the best of
0: bad circumstances. Yes, and
1: I, and I like that because it's like, to me, that's not Cinderella-ish at all. or No, because they're still
0: family. Like, yeah. even if they're dysfunctional.
1: And, and I mean, in, in your left, of course, you I think if you're, if you're looking at it from a romantic perspective, you're going to be thinking, oh, they lived happily ever, ever after. But especially in the novel, when you read that last chapter i at least walked away thinking just like everyone else they had to deal with their continued dealing yeah. with their in-laws and i'm sure they had their own i think issues.
0: the fact that they end up together was not important mm-hmm. like i think it was a great way to end the novel but i feel like the novel actually could have ended without elizabeth and darcy married and i don't know if people would like it as much but i think the novel itself would have still held strong
1: I might disagree with you on that one. I I like having... No, I love it. I mean, I I, I think it's... I think I prefer it the way it is. I think
0: structure-wise,
1: it's perfect. And the other thing I liked on it uh, was that personal growth was pointed out in her own way.
0: Well, yeah, because both Elizabeth and Darcy grow.
1: Yes, but she points out that even as they continue in the future, there's still going to have to be growth from both of them.
0: Yeah, because she points out that life doesn't end after marriage. Exactly, like a lot of romance movies end at marriage, yeah, or the movie in general ended. But yes, <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's the book. Um, <laughs> but you know, I think you have to put a lot of work into the source material before yeah. you can talk about the adaptations, because mm-hmm. it all comes from that. And so, which one did you watch first? Did you watch the Kira Knightley version or did you watch the BBC? The Kira Knightley version. So, you went completely in reverse. Yes, I did. You went from newest to oldest. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, let's talk about the BBC (laughs)
1: adaptation first. We'll go in chronological order. All right. So, it opens on a spring morning. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Does it? Actually, it opens different than the book does. I know that It does. Yes. It does, but I... Okay, so... They were writing on a hill or something. Okay, so I'm going to say
0: this. I wrote... The the BBC miniseries, it's presented, in my opinion, like, as Jane Austen wrote of things. It, it, it expands on a few things, but it's almost literally word for word. The aspect of me that wants complete accuracy was elated <laughs> while okay. watching the miniseries. Because it's... They don't omit anything. That's the thing. Like, they, they add things...
1: Only really because it there was one big difference. What both the movie and the BBC version uh-huh. had the mother tell Jane to ride the horse. But that happened in the book. No, yeah. it didn't. In the book, it they they talk about the carriage, and they were supposed she was supposed to take the carriage because I remember I read the first like five chapters and then I watched no, it. The mom told Mrs. no, because no, Jane Austen makes a big deal later on in, in the next chapter, uh, where the, the dad makes a comment about how how the mom is taking credit for Jane getting sick but it was all really happenstance of the events as they occurred the mom actually. I need you was- to look it up I'm okay. pretty sure you're wrong <laughs> Okay, continue on with the, the thing and I'll look it up
0: <laughs> so I, I looked this up and the production team for the BBC adaptation they wanted to remain true to the tone and the spirit of the novel and they wanted to produce just a fresh livelier version about real people and and they said, not an old studio-bound BBC drama that was shown in the Sunday tea time slot. They <laughs> This sounds funny to say. But they were emphasizing sex and money as the themes of the story. And it's, it's it's true. And they shifted the focus from Elizabeth to both Elizabeth and Darcy. And so they foreshadowed Darcy's role in the narrative resolution. And you got to see a lot more happening behind Darcy's mind and... You got to see a lot more of Darcy, like, what he was doing behind the scenes. Whereas in the book, you only got to hear about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. They wanted to portray them as real people. And so they had a lot of scenes where you got to see them, like, either, like, they just got done taking a bath, or they're getting ready for bed, or the random scene where he jumps in the lake.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was... I was like, what the heck was that? We'll talk
0: about that. I, I've looked it up. I wanted to know. Oh, okay. <laughs> but they really wanted to show them as real people mm-hmm. and not just dressed up all in perfect all the time okay. so they took some of the scenes and then they had them um, elizabeth and jane getting ready for bed so like their hair is down they're brushing it they're they're getting in bed or you see darcy falling in love with like you see darcy fall in love with jane i mean with elizabeth it's much more obvious to the viewer of the bbc version just because you get to see a lot more Of what he's seeing. Yeah. There were new scenes that were added. And it shows the men pursuing hobbies. Like at one point you see Mr. Darcy. He's trying to keep his mind off of Elizabeth. And he's in town and he's fencing. Mm -hmm. Which is something someone of his stature could have done.
1: Yeah, I I remember that scene.
0: And it's nice because you get to see into his psyche a bit. The biggest technical difficulty apparently. That proved to be adapting the long letters in the second half of the story. And so they 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 used a lot of voiceovers and flashbacks and they would have characters read the letters to themselves and each other. I actually thought this was funny and each time they would read a letter they just read it out loud and then just and then just say their thoughts out loud. Yeah. It was a little cheesy, but yeah, I thought it was it fine. Went. Elizabeth would be reading a letter, she'd be like, and then we went over here and we did this and she'd be like, Oh you stupid girl I would just be like, that's great. That's <laughs> that's just me reading anything. <laughs> But yeah, so they—I I think they—they they made a more coherent story. But you said you
1: found that scene. I'm gonna go back and edit that uh, my statement out. Good. So the mom basically wanted her to go on horseback, so she did recognize it was gonna rain. Yes. But the difference was in the movie and in the miniseries. There, the the horses were never really mentioned that the carriage was unavailable. Yes. In the book, it's, it's she the mother kind of throws this idea out and it just happens to work because the horses were not available for that day yes. and she could not And, and they in. could have waited for the carriage. They could have. But, but, but they, she said, no, you're going to go on horseback. Yeah, so we're kind of partly right, both of us.
0: Yeah, but one of us is more right than the other. <laughs> I'm I not going to let you edit that out. I was. <laughs> so for the BBC adaptation, they just really wanted to clarify events of the story
1: more. Like... Yeah, which makes sense because, I mean, you don't get the, the inner dialogue and yeah. you don't get... Yeah.
0: Well, and then, and then they did a good job of explaining, whereas you said Jane Austen takes for granted that you understand the context and the historical mm-hmm. yes. things. So for the the BBC production, they didn't want to assume that you knew. And so they actually, they did some things to explain it to you. And, and it wasn't like in your face, like mm-hmm. they, they just, it felt very natural, but like they, they showed historical things like they, they would explain things like about how the entail worked oh through yeah yes. through side dialogue yes
1: yeah, i think there was one point when i'm like why would that person not already it know was basically that exposition question? it was exposition. yes
0: like at one point elizabeth like someone says something about the entail and elizabeth turns i think to one of her younger sisters and she explains what she's like, <laughs> it just means that we don't get it in it <laughs> and i was like i was like i i can take for granted that one of her younger sisters yeah. doesn't understand so, the production staff, they were very pro-Darcy, and they wanted to follow him almost as much as Elizabeth, and they wanted to make him much more relatable. Before he started growing as a character, they wanted mm-hmm. him to be relatable to the audience. Okay. That's the point.
1: I did notice that. There was a lot of, uh, in the BBC version, things that you kind of don't realize till later in the book. They make it explicitly right.
0: evident. In the book, Elizabeth learns from her sister by accident, and then she talks to her aunt about... Darcy finding Lydia and Wickham. Mm -hmm. And that's how you figure it out as a reader. But in the BBC adaptation, you actually see it happening. Mm -hmm. And so you actually know before Elizabeth does. Yeah. Like you don't know the extent of it. Mm -hmm. Like you do learn some of it as she learns it, which I thought worked well. Yeah. But you do see him like searching. Like you don't know why he's searching unless you've read the book. Yeah. But they do a lot to show what was happening behind the scenes instead of it being beho- over Elizabeth's shoulder the whole time.
1: Mm-hmm. I did feel he stared at her way too much. He
0: did time. a lot. He It was a little <laughs> awkward how often Colin first stared yes, he at her did. like emotionlessly. <laughs> I like the amount of times he'd be looking out of a window at her, and like she would catch his eye, and she would like awkwardly look at him, and it, then he would just disappear. Because
1: yes. <laughs> in real life, if you stared someone at someone, I mean, you it, yes, it'd, it'd be creepy.
0: Okay, so as far as I can remember, I need to explain the lake scene. I I supposed why they did the lake scene the way they did, and I was actually kind of correct. Okay. Okay, so if you've never seen the BBC adaptation, it when Elizabeth and her aunt and her uncle go to Pemberley. Mm-hmm. which when they're on a tour a trip and Pemberley is Darcy's home. It's this really huge mansion in the countryside. They go in part because they think Darcy's not there. They were told he was not there. He shows up while they're at Pemberley. And
1: just also kind of throw this in, I know that this book actually does mention a footnote that like today, back even in that era, oh, yeah, the middle-class cool. people... When they would actually, if, if especially if the people weren't home, they would go to these great estates, and the maids or the gardeners yeah. or the housekeeper, the housekeeper would give them a tour. Yeah, and my so my, my English words. teacher in high
0: school told me this. Okay, and I guess you can still do that. Really? Yeah, you can. There are like some areas where like you can go to someone's mansion, and if you know they're not home, like you can call ahead and ask for a tour. Interesting. And you can still do it. I know
1: they they can run through through private property. I learned that because there's a section in the book where she's running to the, the Bingley's where they're staying, and she jumps over, a, I forget the, the style, and I didn't know what a style was, so I looked it up. And apparently in England, there was some law that was passed in back then in the, in the that was the 1800s? Mm-hmm. In the 1800s, that they had to have styles, if there were fences up, they had to put these styles so that people could cross through properties.
0: Oh yeah, they show that in the BBC version. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> yeah. it's just an easy way to get over the fence it
1: is (laughs) yeah no there's some interesting styles in in the bbc
0: adaptation it shows her walking to mr bingley's house and then she like immediately jumps into mud but (laughs) here
1: here in the u.s if you go through someone's private property even if it's on their sidewalk you know but they don't have a uh, sidewalk here they're ready to call the cops on you (laughs) i
0: i i think even even in england though i think they would question why you're on their property
1: probably yeah
0: so yes long story short they're visiting pemberley which is mr Darcy's home he shows up while they're there and they were not expecting him until a day later and in the book he just shows up like he he just he just came from his carriage like you assume yeah and and, um he's clothed yeah (laughs) in the bbc adaptation this is a very famous scene apparently he shows up and for whatever reason he decides you know what I kind of need some exercise. Um, I'm going to take off my outer garments and just keep my undershirt on, and I'm going to jump in my own
1: private lake here, my little pond. See, I did not know that was in the book at the time when I watched it. It
2: wasn't? Yeah,
1: so I found out, re- I realized afterwards. Yeah. At the time, I thought, okay, he must be hot and tired from writing. I mean, they, it makes sense, but it is it very random. It is random.
0: It, it makes sense, though. Like, they make it make sense. Yes, but but the re- one of the main reasons they did it actually makes sense they were trying to make um, the awkwardness equal between the two of them. Oh, uh, okay. Because in the book, when she when he shows up, it's really awkward for her because she wasn't expecting him. And yeah. she wouldn't have gone if she knew he was there because she had turned mm-hmm. him down. And why would you show up at this guy's house when you turned him down yeah. and all this stuff? And it was really awkward for her. But but in the book, like, he's fine. Like, I mean, it was a little awkward. He wasn't expecting her, but it's his house. Mm-hmm. Whereas in in the BBC, they wanted to make they wanted to level the playing field. Oh, okay. basically. that makes sense. And so it actually works really well. It, it does because it actually gives her more of a reason to be a little awkward because arguably, I think someone had said that it, it does give a little bit of sexual tension. but the main reason they did it is because it does level the playing field. Well, now Elizabeth's awkward because she's on his private property and she's visiting his house. And, and he's awkward ho- because he's, awkward he because he's like, completely on. wet, and he's not completely <laughs> clothed, and wasn't expecting company. And and it also gives a great reason for why he leaves They, they do something
1: similar to that, too, not for the same reasons. Remember with Mr. Collins and the younger sister, Lydia? When he's coming down in the morning, and she's in her undergarment? Oh, garment? yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. That was random. It was. I think they did it for the laughs, I think. Probably. I, I think there was no real reason. But there was one part I actually really liked. So in the book, there's a lot of conversations that are held via letter. And, yes. and there are letters obviously sent in the in the BBC adaptation. Mm-hmm. But sometimes they would have the people just visit them instead of sending the letter. Like and Mr. the Collins. one Yes, the yes. one I remember the most that I thought handled very well. Mm-hmm. In the book, Mr. Collins sends the Bennets a letter. And it's when Condolence letter. Basically. So it's when Lydia has run off with Wickham. Mm -hmm. Mr. Bennett is off looking for her with his brother-in-law? Yes. Yes. And so basically Mrs. Bennett is distraught. It's like crying in her room this whole time. And so all the girls who are still at the house, they get a letter. And it's mentioned that they were told by their father to open up any letters from him. And they get a letter from Mm. Mr. Collins. For him yes for yeah. mr bennett their mm-hmm. father and it's basically this really horrible letter that basically says that their sister is basically dead to them but he writes this whole this horrible letter that's in his mind i think it's meant to be helpful <laughs> what happens and i thought this was handled so well in the BPC version <laughs> They don't get a letter from him. He just shows up. Randomly, yes. And because Mr. Bennett is gone looking for Lydia and Mrs. Bennett is upstairs crying and unable to receive visitors, Elizabeth, Jane, and their one sister, Mary, who I love, <laughs> they they receive him. And he was intending to talk to Mr. Bennett. And so he ends up basically relating the whole letter to them yeah, as if it was the letter, but it's just him talking. hmm and it's so awkward because you can tell that one part of Mr. Collins knows that it's awkward. Yes. Um, because he knows he's talking to these girls about it. Mm-hmm. And it just ends on the best note because I think it's it's Elizabeth who says, if, if our reputations are all soiled because of our sister's actions, that... Um, we we don't want you to be taken down with us. So you <laughs> we should spare you and you should leave as quickly as possible. <laughs> Basically, she says something along those lines. Yeah. And it's not in the book. No. Because it's just a letter they ignore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it was so good <laughs> because it's so telling of their character. Yes. And he's just like, oh, you're right. You're so smart. Let me just go. <laughs> and I'm like, that is the best way to get rid of a person. I think, I think the funniest thing is that in the book and in the adaptation, both adaptations, but you see it more in the book. <laughs> Mr. Bingley has the two sisters. One is already married, and then the other one is single, and she is desperately trying to get with Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> I think her name's Caroline, right? Um,
1: Bingley? Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah, she literally she's like all over him trying to get his attention and he is having none of it nope. like there is no moment where he is entertaining this nope <laughs> it is the best i was just like she tries so hard and that's no, also the actress
1: really had good facial expressions she did I, she did I and really know what's funny that. is they had hired someone who
0: was really tall mm-hmm. and then they just made her look taller yeah like they just gave her these huge feathers that stuck up and <laughs> It was great. I loved it.
1: Yeah, she did. It. She she portrayed that character really well. You know what's funny is, I, I I never disliked her
0: character much, in the book and in the BBC adaptation. Mm-hmm. Like she is proud. Yeah. Like she does, she does say some things that are kind of mean and. Like, she does believe that she's of a higher class and that people below her are oh, not yeah, as good definitely. as her. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, yeah, that, that stuff's not great. Whereas Mr. Collins says a bunch of things he never should say. Like, Caroline <laughs> Bingley doesn't really say a lot of things she shouldn't say. She's, no, and if she does, it, it's... It's in private.
1: It, it It is, or when she's with Elizabeth, it's a little more witty.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. and there's actually, like, a moment where Caroline actually kind of tries to help Elizabeth. And yeah. that was missing in the Kira Knightley version. When? Where she tells her about Wickham. Like she's like, Oh at Wick- the dinner party. At the ball. At
1: the ball. Yeah. yeah she she tells balls, yeah. she
0: basically tells Elizabeth Wickham is not who you think he is. Like mm-hmm. he's not to be trusted. And she has no reason to tell her this. Yeah. And and if and if she really didn't want Elizabeth into Darcy, she would have if she really did not like Elizabeth, she wouldn't have bothered.
1: Yeah. Like I feel like she just respected her. Or, I, or she, did, she respected Jane for Jane's sake since it was Jane's sister. Well, at the very least, there was that. There yeah. Because I because I think she did acknowledge that
0: of the family, Jane and Elizabeth are the best.
1: Yeah, yeah, that she did.
0: But yeah, that was just I, I, I liked that. Like she mm-hmm. she's not a great character, like I wouldn't want to hang out with her, but but <laughs> But she wasn't horrible. Like, she's not an antagonist.
1: No, no. And she did continue in the book. She does continue to
0: visit them afterwards. She does. (laughs) And it's funny because it does say that in order to, like, be able to visit the house. It was in her best interest. (laughs) Yes. Yes. To be okay with the marriage.
1: She had to, um, I forget how it words it, but basically give back some civility to Elizabeth.
0: I liked the BBC adaptation. I liked it a lot. It had a couple of cheesy moments, but I, I think it,
1: it expanded on the story. That's what I should say. It did expand, especially in the Darcy areas. I think for me, the BBC version, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I, I've i watched it at least three times. Okay, I've only seen it once so far. And so being someone who, who watched a lot of stuff in the 90s, that, that there was a very strong 90s feel to it. And I think that's where the cheesiness kind of sticks out a bit. Uh-huh. I think maybe I have to sit down and rewatch it again. Oh, I think but you do. Watch one episode at a time instead of binging it. Yeah, at least one a day. Yes, because I I think I, there's a lot of stuff that I was overwhelmed by, and I I'll be honest, I took a lot of notes. I don't even know what the heck I took notes on. I think a lot of it was the difference between the two movie, the movie and this one. Mm-hmm. And and then too, I think because I watched the other one, there was a lot of little things. The, I was just, Knightley version. the Carrie Knightley version. So one was I, I remember looking at the the. Port- of, this, of the town and the neighbors, even their servants. Which one are we talking about now? The BBC version. Okay. And thinking to myself how... Is, I love is, seeing the servants. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, is this more historically accurate than what the movie version did? We'll talk about that. Okay. So there's those thoughts that were going through my head. Yes. And, and so the, the answer the answer generally is yes. Okay. And so and, and that's what I assumed, because I'm like, these are Brits that have put this together. I don't know if that's pejorative to say Brits, but as the far British as I people, can
0: tell, the so, Kira Knightley version was a mixed thing.
1: I, I even have my own thought on why, but I don't know for sure. But I, I in my mind I'm thinking the British know their history and they know what this period was like, and therefore they it was it might be a little bit more or was most likely... I mean, you would hope so, right? You would hope it'd be a little bit more I mean, historically can accurate. You could say that we, we should know our history. Well, and compared to... How, I, I'm, I, I'm assuming the movie was done by Americans, was it not? I mean... I think it was a are, joint effort. Was it a joint I effort? I think it was... I the writer, though. I'm curious now. Dang it yeah I, we'll talk
0: about the kira Knightley version okay so uh, the one thing i did think was funny though about the bbc version uh-huh. is how many times it would be nighttime and the rooms would be so bright <laughs> like they would have candles and yet it would be as bright as now
1: <laughs> And i was like these aren't electric lights the people. moon was very bright don't no sense. it would yes, be it the was. room in fact the moon never sets they, they have like, a lot of they a fireplace and like four candles and it would be super bright and i was like this is not right <laughs> this is not normal I also liked the characters, the actors they chose for them. They were great. Yeah, they and were. And I read
0: that Colin
1: Firth did not want to play Darcy. Really?
0: Yeah. I read huh? that he really didn't want to. It was not a character he was interested in. But then the one of the main reasons he decided to do it mm-hmm. is he realized if he turned it down, he would have hated watching anybody else play him.
1: Oh, okay. And I was like, I mean, I guess that's a reason. Yeah. The characters, from what little I had already read, mm-hmm. they fit like, in I fact thought, in um, my mind yes that's when i think of those characters that's who i'm gonna think of no i thoroughly enjoyed it but i i i, I will you know say i do need to go back and rewatch it a little slower right. and now that i've especially now that i finished the book i right. think I'll, I'll get a little bit more well
0: jennifer i believe her last name is pronounced it's either l or eel yes
1: <laughs> I, I looked up her, the actress's name too yes, i should have I, looked like up a, the pronunciation i can't remember how it was
0: pronounced she basically was the embodiment of elizabeth for me as like i was reading the book like she's literally elizabeth come to life Mm -hmm. i don't know how you can top her performance because she does this thing, like, she has these small, like,
1: facial gestures, yes. and... This, I, no, I noticed... And it's, this, it's, like, her smiles, smile, Yes, yes. Her smile, and, and the thing, how, the way her eyes She lit. would use small movements yes. that would speak volumes. And, and Jane Austen points some of those things yes. out in her characters. Yes, and I, Yeah, no, I agree with you. She embodies the character. There were so many times I'd be well.
0: watching, like, she would just react to a character. Mm-hmm. Like, she would just have his facial expression, and yeah. I would just laugh. I was just like,
1: yeah, it's perfect. Just, I just want to throw this back in because I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the book. One of the things that rarely occurs when I read a book is I rarely, I hate saying this word, but laugh out loud. Oh. I very rarely, lol, no. Uh, How many times did you laugh? I was surprised at how many times I would laugh or chuckle? You wouldn't think you would
0: laugh this much for this no. book. No,
1: and, and um, yeah, no. I was actually I was pleasantly surprised. And yes, And the I think Half the time it was Mister Bennett. Yes. yes. Uh, well, him and and and, and Elizabeth. Yes, we'll say Elizabeth. Well, had she's a lot of she's
0: definitely she's definitely like a better version of her father.
1: Yes. Oh no, that's definite. Yes. The way they handle their humor, going back yes. to the whole humor thing and, and laughter and stuff, she's the refinement of who her father was. Yes.
0: But, and I think I need to point this out before we move on to the Kira Knightley version. Mm-hmm. Since the BBC chose to do it as a miniseries, where it was six episodes, each an hour long. Yeah. They were able to cover everything. Correct. They were able to do everything they wanted to do. They were able to stay ridiculously true to the story. Yeah. And and then they could expand and flesh it out and, and make sense for a modern audience. Like, they were able to pull all of the plot points and 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 all of the characters felt real
2: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: like nothing was rushed yeah (laughs) almost to the point where if you were new to this you would think it was slightly slow Mm. but not to me yeah like because it was a mini series you were able to see everything completely fleshed out and and you were able to do it because you had time
1: yeah
0: and so that's the difference between a six hour Mm -hmm. miniseries and a two hour movie no definitely next time on willing to adapt i need to preface <laughs> this by saying i don't hate the kiary knightley version 16 Candles and breakfast club <laughs> oh my gosh you're just trying to get people to watch your movie
1: yeah i i will get say i got swept up in the cinematography of it oh no it's gorgeous it is, it is. i need people to, to so. know the movie is gorgeous before you start writing hate it. yes
0: I need to, like, make a drinking game <laughs> uh, every time he says, Lady Catherine de <laughs> So, for me, I'm just like, so did you purposefully change it because you didn't want to put them in pirate dresses and you just came up with a reason, or did you have a reason and it just which, worked out? Which is
1: really ironic considering in Austin's writings that is not important. And because I think she's very attractive. You see, I I don't, she's not, she's not unattractive. Ever since I saw her in Star Wars. Really? (laughs) Don't ask me why. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Willing to Adapt. Please like
0: and subscribe. Maybe leave a review or just share us with friends and family.
1: We would also love if you would follow us on social media.
0: If you have ideas for future episodes for us, please email us at ericandromi at willingtoadapt.com. That's Romy with an I. And remember, when the only thing constant in life is change, be willing
2: Willing to to adapt. adapt.